Welcome to Stories of Hope. This is a podcast by the Dream Center where you will hear from people who have stories that once seemed hopeless. People whose stories of redemption and life transformation are so powerful they can only be possible by the power of Jesus. Hey everyone, my name is Tatum and I am here with Joey. Hey everybody, how you doing? We are so excited for today's episode. We are two of the staff members here on our leadership team at the Dream Center. And today we have Julie Caldwell here. So hey, Julie. Hey. We are so excited for her to be here. Um, she serves as a volunteer with our crisis intervention intake process, and she's also one of our board members. So we are very excited to, to hear about her experience at the Dream Center. So we're going to start off. Um, Julie was actually one of the founding families. Her family was at the Dream Center. So yeah. Julie, tell us about little bit about who you are and how you got involved with the Dream Center. Well, um, I would say my involvement began way before the Dream Center even was a dream. I am married to Cliff. We've been married for 34 years now. We have four children, all married, and um, two grandchildren and one coming Monday. So we have a new one on the way. I have been involved with Chris and Shannon and Joey, a lot of the original, Barney, a lot of the originals, many, many years back when we were all at Rock Springs Baptist Church. Oh, gosh, how long ago has that been, Julie? Oh, it's been uh, 10 plus years. I think we moved to Easley in 1995, so that's when we joined. Yeah. That's when we joined Rock Springs. So it's been a long time. We were all in a Bible study together, me and Shannon and Chris and, and many others, when we read a book that we recently had the speaker for our Dream Big thing last year. We read the book. Um, same kind of Yeah, same different. kind of different as me. Yeah, same kind of different as me. We were all inspired that we needed to actually be doing something in our community. So that's kind of how we, we started looking around. And really, it was kind of crazy that we didn't even know that a lot of the ministries in the area existed or that that well, there was a need in different areas. So we uh, we decided that, well, actually the Lord put it on our heart that we needed to get involved in some way. We began calling around and saying, hey, is there a need we can help you with? And we discovered Shine Soup Kitchen, which we didn't even know existed. Mary's House we knew was there, but we had probably never been involved that much. And we started with um, volunteering for a night at the soup kitchen. Um, we started just calling the ministries and saying, what do you need right now? And we would take it back to all the ladies at Bible study, and then they would they would bring stuff every, every week. Um, it might have been trash bags or paper towels or whatever. They would bring that every week, and then we would go and deliver them. And so we ended up doing the, the night at the soup kitchen, of course. We ended up doing a babysitting for... Mary's house so that this lady could come and teach Bible study to the women that were at Mary's house. So we volunteered for that. We stayed there for years. Then we started realizing there was nothing around for homeless, homeless people. And so really the Lord put it on Chris and Jim's heart, as you all know, and just took it from there and just grew and grew. So I was happy to be a part of that original thing. That's really how we got started. In what ways, Julie, have you personally grown through serving others, especially those that come into the Dream Center? You see a lot through intake and crisis intervention. How have you how personally grown through that? Joey, um, probably exponentially, really. Most of us who grew up, and I have a wonderful family background. My dad was a pastor. I grew up in church and have um, always served in church, but remained blissfully ignorant about 
those who had needs that I really had no idea about. It was beyond me that somebody didn't have enough food or, and, and we certainly didn't grow up wealthy or anything, but I never had a need for anything. Wanted stuff. Yeah. I had those plain pocket jeans and I wanted Levi's, but we couldn't afford those <laughs> back in the day. But that's probably about the extent of my knowledge of someone really in need. The more we became involved with the local ministries, the more I realized, you know, there is a, there is, there are people who are hurting in ways that I can't even imagine. Um, there really are hungry people out there. There are families who sh- struggle to get clothes for their children and things like that. But what has happened in me is that I realized our basic need is the same, is that we are all desperately needy for Jesus. And honestly, I probably look down on, on those that struggled or those that, well, get a job. You know, in my own mind, that's the way I kind of thought. What I realized is that we're all basically desperately needy. I, I kind of thought of it as we're all thirsty. If everybody's thirsty, what you really want is water. You know, you want water. And you do anything to get the water, and you don't, you don't look at each other and say, hmm, well, she doesn't, she doesn't need water. She's got, she's got all this other stuff. But we're all desperately needy for Jesus, and that's, that really kind of took me off my high horse, you know, just because I realized that I was the one that was desperately needy too. Is there a specific time in maybe one of your intakes that you were really convicted or challenged and, and the Lord really did humble you specifically through um, a, yeah. a, a type of person? I can think of this one that just immediately comes to mind. Is This, this guy came in and um, I, I don't know if it was you or somebody was at the desk and they said, oh, this guy's coming in. He's, he's covered in tattoos all over his face. I mean, and he literally was. And, you know, when we see that, we're like, mm, kind of tent, tense or whatever. Kind of standoffish. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, exactly. We were a little nervous. So, uh-huh, okay, all right, he's, he's coming in. And he came in, and we sat and we talked, and he just began to weep. And I'm like, oh, wow. And this, and this really had a profound effect on me and still does. It gives me chills just talking about it. But he, he said he just got out of prison. He, he didn't have a supportive family. He had been struggling, and he just needed some help. And he said, I know you see all these tattoos on my face. And there were, I mean, it really just covered his face and his head. And um, he said, these are prison tattoos. And he said, you know, I just, I wear all my mistakes on my face. And it's tough for people to not judge me when I walk into a room. And I'm thinking, you know, if we all looked at our sin and our failures and recognized that they are literally exposed before God, we wouldn't be thinking that we're better than anybody else. And that, that really had a huge effect on me. Right. I mean, that's that's enough to, I mean, I see people who come in to celebrate recovery and things mm-hmm. like that, and, and, and they have that feeling of people looking at them because of what they've gone through. Mm-hmm. And, man, what a, what a story that he has had to, you know, what a statement. He mm-hmm. wears his mistakes. Yeah. yeah. It's right out there in, in front. And I thought about my own. You know, if everybody could see all of my mistakes and my sin on my face, I'm never going to come at anybody thinking I'm better than them. And we would all be we're yeah, at the same place. Yeah, that creates a deeper compassion Absolutely. for people. And I think that, I mean, that's the heart of the gospel, that we wouldn't be in a hierarchy of 
of greater than the type of mentality that's self-righteousness Absolutely. through and through. Yeah, so that's a, that's an incredible testament I, I mean, to yeah, what I, God is doing in your heart. I have used that that so many times just as a reminder to myself, but in many talks. So, Julie, you <laughs> and your family moved to Greer, and and because of stories much like that, you mm-hmm. have chosen to drive to Easley mm-hmm. um, every week to teach a class, to volunteer in, with crisis intervention. What motivates you? I mean, that story is enough to motivate you, but is <laughs> yeah. there is there anything else that just motivates you to keep serving? Well, I think it's that I've realized just what hope knowing Jesus gives. I've seen personally in so many different lives here at the Dream Center and, and in my own experience in church work and everything else, just the difference that Jesus makes. I think of, of Deanna. I was... She works here at the Dream Center. She, she went through the program, and I think of her and just the difference in her face from that very first time when we met and we talked together and just, wow. You guys were in a discipleship, like friendship. You were yes. technically her mentor, mm-hmm. right? Would yes. You say? Well, I don't know. I don't remember what they called it, but we just we got together each week, and we just talked, and that's kind of what it ended up being, and I encouraged her in her growth and things like that, just watching the change in her and on her face and in her interactions with everyone else, that that type thing keeps me motivated to come back. I mean, it really does. You also do teach classes, so mm-hmm. tell us a little bit more about what that has looked like for you to teach Bible studies and various things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, we have been in so many different, we've done Bible studies, we've taught, I can't even remember how many I've, I've done from the beginning, but getting to know what, I don't know if we call them the regulars, but the people that have come for a while and they keep coming to class and learning to love them and see beyond, again, what we see on the outside and learning their love for each other. They love us. We learn to love them and get involved in their lives. And that's that's really been what motivates me to keep coming back. Yeah, it's such a rich community. We have day clients that come in. They've been coming in every single day for yeah the, since the day that the Dream Center opened its doors because they live in our neighborhood mm-hmm. and they walk to classes and they're so persistent and very, very <laughs> dedicated to the classes here at the Dream Center. And Julie gets the opportunity to, to teach them in Bible studies mm-hmm. and she does an incredible job and is just very gifted in teaching. So you can just tell the growth that our clients have experienced because of your passion for the gospel, your passion for the word, and being able to teach in that way. And let me tell you, you, they ask some hard questions, too. Absolutely, yeah. And you know, teachers like Julie, it brings those people, they clients back, walking in the rain. Just, it it amazes me. You know, they they will walk a mile and a half to come to sit in a Bible study to Mm -hmm. be able to hear uh, what you guys have to share. You know, Mm -hmm. and that's amazing to me. I think of one of them in particular when we first started doing the Shine Soup Kitchen. It was, I think it was a snow or ice or something, and we knew we weren't going to be able to come in and cook, so we got pizzas and brought them. And this is way before Dream Center was even a thought. And we would we came out here in the back of, of, of the existing Dream Center, and we picked up pizzas at Domino's. And I remember in particular Donna and Audrey walked up, and that's the first time we had met them. And we actually have a picture of that. Need to need to get that in, but that's so sweet. Yeah, so we knew Donna from way back. Yes, and Donna is one of our yes, regulars. She right. is yeah. the most bubbly, <laughs> um, just 
joyful person. Mm-hmm. And we all have the pleasure of, of knowing Donna Absolutely. and loving Donna. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Well, Julie, how would you say that your involvement at the Dream Center has impacted your family? Obviously, you and Cliff, your husband, mm-hmm. were one of the founding families. But what does that look like for the structure of your family, for your daughter and sons-in-laws and everything like that overall? What has that done for your family? I think just because they have seen the changes that I have told them, the stories that I've told them along the way, they have a compassion too. Just they see someone standing on the side of the road differently. They see um, someone in need very differently than maybe I would have when I grew up. So I think that, and they love the Dream Center. They We, we try to get them involved every Christmas when everybody comes home and things like that and do things here. But, but yeah. Well, I know that, as you said, we've known each other for several, several years and had the the privilege of seeing your children grow up. Mm-hmm. There's folks listening. They're probably listening. Hey guys. Hey. Um, yeah. <laughs> and they, and there's people out there that really want to get involved in service and serving others, but they don't know how, what encouragement would you give to them? What would you say or tell them how they could get involved? I think the one thing that I'm mostly hear from others is that, well, I don't know how to do that. I would be afraid or I don't know how to relate. And I'm, and I'm thinking, yeah, you can. I promise you, you can. If I can, you can. And, the, and one of the great things about the Dream Center is we have so many different ways that you can get involved. Um, if you want to kind of ease in, you can come in and volunteer with all these cushions we have around here lately. <laughs> or, those yeah. darn cushions. <laughs> those, those cushions. Everywhere cushions. I actually went to the store the other day, and I had bought new ones for my porch, and I took my old ones to the store, and they were like, uh. <laughs> well, you know. We're grateful for your business. <laughs> Bring those cushions. But there are, are so many different ways. And if you're interested, please come to one of our information sessions and just learn about it. And we, we can make use of all gifts, no matter what they are. So I'll encourage anybody to come. There's definitely a learning hump when it comes to serving people that come from vastly different backgrounds as us. Maybe that looks like them coming from a lower income family or generational poverty, which we see individuals that come from those situations on the daily at the Dream Center. How did you overcome your presuppositions, your stigmas that, you know, the society pushes and how did you choose to overcome those things and how did you labor to see them as image bearers of Christ mm-hmm. rather than what their situation may be? Yeah, that that has been um, something that I, I talked earlier about that. And actually our last Bible study session was on humanity and it's actually something I'd never taught before in as far as our theology. Where do we where are we? Where how do we fit in there? And we talked about how each person is created by God in his image and how we have to take that thought and take it to heart. You were created in his image. I was created in his image. The inside, the outside, the way you look and all of that is in his image. And when I learn to look at you through him, I see him. And that's that's really how it how it changes. But you you get to know people. You talk to them ask questions. I've learned to say, there's something I don't really understand about that. Tell me, tell me how, how that is. And I think that's That's so good. Yeah. That's so good. And for somebody that is struggling to overcome the fear that there, it definitely is in serving, whether that's at the dream center or just in um, a homeless setting Mm -hmm. in, in general, that is such a 
pinnacle thing to be yeah. reminded of as a as a Christ follower. Mm-hmm. And that that is such an encouragement to me. And I'm sure that's an encouragement to those that are Absolutely. listening that are on the fence right now. Yeah. And it also helps you that when you're out, like at the store, walking around, you see people in a different way. Very different. Very different. <laughs> and it has changed. I know my, my the whole thought processes and how I see people have changed over my course of time uh, here at the Dream Center or working with Celebrate Recovery. You just see people in a different light. And uh, I know one of our things that we say in Celebrate Recovery is it's okay to be messy as long as we don't stay messy. <laughs> and, right. and, and And there's a lot of people that think that, man, I don't have a hurt or habit or hang up that's going on in my life when actually uh, we all do. Mm. And and seeing people Absolutely. seeing people in in that frame of mind and and you realize mm-hmm. I have a story that I can share with somebody. And Absolutely. and you're sharing that through your you're talking about your lesson on humanity. Mm-hmm. We have been time stamped by Christ. Absolutely. And, yeah. and, and he has, he has designed us and that's, that's mm-hmm. an amazing thought. Yeah. I don't know about you guys, but I find myself instead of recoiling when I see someone that yeah, obviously looks homeless or looks needy or whatever, instead of recoiling, I'm more likely to walk toward them drawn, now. Yeah. yeah. Drives my friends crazy. Ah, come on, we got her. No, I want to, something in me that wants to know their story now. But that is a picture of yeah. Christ. I mean, <laughs> Absolutely. Jesus, when he was on this earth in his humanity, mm-hmm. he dwelled with those, the least of the, the ones that society outcasted yeah. and the marginalized. And mm-hmm. that is just a testament to how God has changed Absolutely. your heart. And he's yeah. capable and able to change all of our hearts to be more compassionate and empathetic towards those yeah. that just need to be dignified. Uh-huh. Let's humanize people. That is so good. That's a huge thing that we believe here at the Dream Center mm-hmm. is just to make eye contact and mm-hmm. to say to call people by name. Yeah. That changes the way that people hold their heads up Absolutely. and how they walk with confidence because they know that people that may not look like me mm-hmm. acknowledge me and they see That's me right. for who I am. Yeah. I, and I, just this past week we were talking about salvation and just the reminder that it's totally free. It is I did nothing to deserve it. I, I, I'm incapable of it. So when, you know, Jesus looked at me or when God looks at me, he sees Jesus, not what I have done, not in nothing I've accomplished. And on the other side, nothing bad. You know, he, he, you know we go to him. He sees us all that in his, his image. That's great. Absolutely. Man, the gospel. <laughs> Such Amen. a beautiful right. gift. That's right. So, Julie, what would you have told yourself 20 years ago? Mm that you know now about serving Jesus? 20 years ago, how old have I been? 35 years old. Oh, I was more about playing on the church basketball team and having babies back then. <laughs> I probably would say, you can do this. Look deeper than what you see on the outside. Um, pay attention. Pay attention to those around you and recognize the fact that you're just as needy. You know, there was a time that you were talking about that the Dream Center came about even before the Dream Center mm-hmm. started. Mm-hmm. What was the pivotal moment in your life where you realized it's different? There's something that I need to do because Christ is, has instructed me to do. Yeah, I was honored to be among those very first where we just met and prayed. And that's really basically what we did to, to begin with. Probably, I, I'm probably wrong in the length of time that we just met and prayed and talked. Honestly, the Lord put it on Chris and Jim's heart so hard and they were like, this is where we're going. And we were, we prayed and we prayed and we prayed. And the Lord said, you, you're going to be a part of this. You're going to be a part of this. And it's just, 
when you recognize the need, you have to do something. And he said, do, do it, just do it. Yeah, just do it. That's that's not <laughs> yeah, just a Nike theme, yeah, right? Because yeah. uh, we can do what Christ has called us to do. Mm-hmm. And I know in my own life, too, that was the point, you know, where Christ said, hey, it's it's not about you. Mm-hmm. All about It's not all about you. It's what I have come to do for others. Mm-hmm. And are you doing your part to tell them? And I thought it was all about preaching and you know, all the things that we're supposed to do, but it's basically just living every day as Christ has changed our lives. Yeah, be willing to get messy, right? If you want to, yeah, yeah, it's gonna be not if you want to. If He calls you to it, be right. willing to do it, right? Yeah, yeah, and and that's that's the thing. Uh, you just said that word, getting messy. What does that look like to you as hmm. working with people? Oh, good question. I, for me personally, I think be willing to realize that I am messy. <laughs> That I'm really, I'm just as messy as anybody else. But to be willing to just hug somebody who may not smell that great, um, be willing to hold somebody's hand and pray with them, um, even if you think they may not even understand anything you're saying, but knowing the power of the Lord himself to do something, to be willing to, we we have a, a joke with one of my friends, we call it the skirt work where you're cleaning and you're, you're, making the coffee before anybody gets there and then you got to clean up clean up everything but be willing to do anything for the service of others i mean just be willing to get messy Uh, literally dirty sometimes literally dirty right right well i want to say that it has been a joy julie to have you with us today been an honor we have sang in the choir we have sung uh, (laughs) together in duets and it has been an honor i miss that I, I do really too, Joey. Yeah. I do too. I missed that. But we are so glad that you came and a part, be a part of this podcast today. I, I'm honored to be here. I, Sydney especially wanted me to tell you hello. My Sydney's my oldest daughter, Tatum, and Joey was her youth pastor. And Joey's wife, Amy, is huge in Sydney's life. As when she That is so cool. Yeah, it really, she was there when Sydney de- rededicated her life as yes. a young, young girl and um, really just sold out to Jesus. So I'm very grateful to be on the journey with Joey again. All right, everybody. Thank you so much for joining us today on Stories of Hope. We will see you next time. And remember, one person can't do everything, but every person can do something. Thanks for joining us today for Stories of Hope. For more information about the Dream Center, visit our website at dreamcenterpc.org. Additional resources related to today's episode can be found in our podcast show notes.